Welcome to Both Sides of the Bunk Bed, the podcast about being teens, living multiculturally, and trying to love Jesus while we do it. We're your hosts, Eden and Maddie, and in today's episode, we're talking about our travel lives. Let's get started. Hey, Eden. Hey, Maddie. Welcome back to our podcast. (laughs) It has been a long time. Yeah, it has been a while. It's Almost a little unnatural sitting in front of the microphone again after being so far from it for a while. I but agree. Yeah. So we have been gone from both our podcast and from our homes. And each other. And each other for about the past month and a half to two months. So we're spending this episode explaining where we've been and what we've been up to and then also going into our travel lives and how that affects our real lives. So why don't you start us off? I think where we left off last was kind of, or I guess why we haven't been so active on the podcast and we weren't able to put out episodes as regularly as we wanted to, was we had kind of a poor timing with when we got set up and really into recording. We we started basically exam week for our school and we just realized that we had not planned enough time and hadn't given ourselves, I guess, the right amount of time to process the end of the year as well as try to jump into a new this project. This huge project, yeah. yeah. So what ended up happening was we released our first episode and our teaser, uh, had a huge positive feedback from mm-hmm. everyone listening, and then got totally caught up in everything else going on, and then we left. <laughs> and yeah. So we haven't really been with each other Um, Mm -hmm. for enough time to record anything else or even sit down and work on it. Uh, So it brought us to this point where we realized that we haven't done anything for two months. Yeah. Yeah, I think it also gave us time to reflect on really what our goal and vision was and just to get, when we came back together, to be just refocused with new energy and new excitement. And new plans. (laughs) Yes, to put out new and fun content, at least we hope so. Yeah, so that's where we're coming from, and we're going to take some time in this episode. Our focus is talking about travel, because travel has been a huge part of my life ever since I was little. We were talking before this episode started about when our first plane flight was. Mm -hmm. I think mine was six months, but I obviously don't remember that. Could you ever remember? I don't think so. I know that I... I don't think my first out-of-country like flight was till I was, like, eight, maybe. But I flew within, like, from state to state a lot. I think the first one that I really remember that I have a story attached to is when I was three. And we flew, like, across the country to visit family. Yeah. My first international flight, I guess you could say, was 11. But even before that, same thing, flying across the country. So we've grown up in a culture like that. And now being multicultural, cross-cultural kids and teens, Mm -hmm. it's an even bigger part of our lives. Yeah. So do you want to spend some time talking about what we did over the past, where, where, like, what we've even been doing? (laughs) Yeah. So for the past, I guess, like, about a month ago and Mm -hmm. the month before that, we were apart after our school had gotten out and both of us went back to our home country uh, my family had a few like business kind of things to do to work um, for our, our center and things like that. So 
we were really busy and then I got to spend a lot of quality time with my family. Yeah, so I did a very similar thing. We were very busy back in our home country, uh, seeing family, spending time with our friends and people who support us and the hospital that my parents work at. And through that, it was a really great time, you know, seeing family, seeing friends, uh, reconnecting with some people, but it was really busy. And I think coming off of a really busy term where we had started this podcast and gone through finals. Final week is never easy for es- anyone. Yeah, especially when it's your first year of high school when yeah. you're still trying to <laughs> transition to that. Yeah, and then I went back to our home country and I was just tired and busy. Mm-hmm. And then we flew back again and I was tired. And we jumped right back into the term. Yeah. So going back a little bit, just going more into detail of what what it looks like when we go back to our home countries. A lot of it is like hanging out with friends mm-hmm. and but it's also super I think it can be stressful like and almost you go through culture shock in a new way, especially I think being a teenager, I had a different understanding of like what was going on and just how like quick our time was and being with my cousins and things like that. I had a weird kind of realization that you know, I see my my family like once every two, four years and just how different that is. And so for me, I don't know if you experienced similar situations, mm-hmm. but it was such a like eye opening that like people get to do this all the time. And I, I guess I treasured it more. Yeah, I think anyone who travels a lot or lives cross-culturally or multiculturally or abroad even experiences that same thing, right, mm-hmm. where you're seeing all these people. Personally, I think it hit me, especially this time. I'm a fairly strong introvert. I think most of my friends know that about me. And when you when we first got back, I was super excited to see everyone because, like, we haven't seen this side of the family for whatever, yeah, two years, a year and a half. And then it gets to the point where it's just tiring. And I'm never saying that, like, my family is tiring. It's just the fact that... I want to see all these people, and they want to see me too, but I don't have the energy almost at some points. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, we were busy, and it was it was tiring. It was really great, but it was tiring, and yeah. So there's that emotional exhaustion, but there's also like the physical exhaustion. So mm-hmm. jet lag. <laughs> yes. Jet lag. <laughs> I think that kind of our reaction kind of sums that up. But yeah, when you fly a long distance or for a long time, our flights are generally, I don't know, total of 12 hours, yeah. 24 hours. I think I had like a seven hour flight and an eight hour flight or six hour and eight hours. So I like 20. <laughs> and then on top of that, it like often adds up to like 36 hours of travel, with layover Layovers. and getting ready <laughs> and getting to the airport on time and getting through customs and all of yeah. that. So so there, for probably about a week after you get to your destination, there's just this intense feeling of exhaustion. I remember one time we did one of these big international travels. I also got sick during the flight. Oh, no. And I had an awful cold, and jet lag hit especially hard that trip because I was sick and wanted to sleep, but then you end up waking up at, like, 1 a.m. and not being able to fall back asleep because your body's so off, but Do you think that jet lag is harder for you when you go back to your home country or you come to the country your family works in? 
I think in general it's harder when we go to the like to back to the country that I work in or my family works in because when we go back to my home country I can we end up getting there late at night Mm -hmm. and so I can just like or in the evening so I can kind of just fall asleep and sleep in but for some reason the reverse doesn't work so even though we may fly back to the country my family works in at night I end up still waking up at 5 a.m. And then just staying awake, like, contemplating yeah. my existence for three hours. Because <laughs> I can't fall back asleep. Uh, what about you? I think, and I've heard most people say what you've said, but I think for me, I've always found jet lag harder when I go back to my home country. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is, like, excitement keeps me up, and I'm not able to fall asleep that first night. Like, yes, exhaustion does hit. And this time when I when we traveled back, I was with my sister, and I was joking, like, oh, because after the first two nights or something, I was like, oh, I didn't get jet lag. I'm going to be fine this trip. Mm-hmm. And then the third and fourth day, I was like, so tired. <laughs> I could barely get out of my bed in the morning. And we had to go to, like, a meeting or something or meet friends. Yeah. yeah, so there's that physical transition, which added to, I think if it was just a relaxing vacation back, right? Or maybe this is more for you. I don't know how busy you were. But it would be manageable sometimes I guess Mm -hmm. but with jet lag and then also with meetings with people it's a very physically tiring time and it's great fun we did a lot of things I went to a water park over vacation which was super fun got to take my little cousins there but it's still tiring yeah I think also like a part of the transition is like looking forward to things in our home country that you can't do here I know for our family we look forward to things like just shopping at name brand stores and like (laughs) malls where there's more options and I think we always like have a list of that as well as like restaurants we always want to go to restaurants I had so much fried food over vacation (laughs) I think by the end of vacation I was talking to my family and we decided we couldn't have any more cheese for about a month because <laughs> we just had so much fried food and cheese because <laughs> that's stuff we can't get here. I am a vegetarian and I really liked being able to have other options. Yeah. Because here, like, our produce is relatively limited or like protein alternatives. And so I was enjoying just like the variety and I don't know, just there's so many options comparatively. Yeah. So obviously, there are super great things about being back in our home countries, but there's also this sense of separation, I think, that happens every time that you go back any place, whether that's back to your home country or back to the place you work. Mm-hmm. So um, can we take a little time to talk about just this, like that separation yeah, cultural transition? So for me personally, my family does shorter trips back to our home country more frequently. So instead of being gone for a really long period of time, I'm gone for just a short period of time. And in theory, and probably in practicality, it is better to transition because then you're not like setting up roots in one place for a long time only just to move back for another equally long period of time. Yeah. But it's still hard to be gone from anyone or from any place for that period of time or any period of time. So whenever I go back one place, I always have the sense of like, 
I'm missing out from the other place. Almost like the grass is greener on the other side. So like when I'm back in my home country, I miss my friends here. And when I'm back here, I miss my family back in my home country. Yeah. And so then every time that we go, it's like this dreaded feeling of like, ugh, I'm going to miss everything. And um, it almost makes it like you're longing for one place no matter where you are because you have these connections in every place. I agree completely. I always think that the hardest part about going in, there's a difference, I think, between just traveling and like going to visit a place, but going and spending like longer than a week or two Mm -hmm. weeks. And I think it's always like missing people here or there when I'm Mm -hmm. away. I know that um, this summer was especially just hard for me being away from people here who Mm -hmm. I wanted to be with as well as like having the time zone difference you you can't catch up the same way Mm -hmm. because if you know like over summer if you live in a similar place or at least in the same time zone you can still call and things like that but it's a lot harder if you're in different time zone and when you're waking up they're going to sleep and I think yeah that's hard on both ways like when I'm here and or like in my in the country that my family works in it's hard to maintain connection and relationship with my family who is in our home country and feel connected to the people I'm with. I think it's a constant battle of like knowing where you are and where you miss, but also being present. Yeah. Which is such a... I definitely experienced it. Cheesy (laughs) phrase. No, I definitely experienced that for sure this trip because I had just come off my first year at our school. Like I was a new student And partially, I had gotten, I think, like, it was kind of two things that made this trip in particular hard, I guess. In, I guess, the first thing was, I was new, and I had just gotten into this routine, right? Mm -hmm. I think about after a year, you've gotten to the point where you get into a routine, and then for whatever, the month we were back, which, again, was great, but I didn't have that routine, Mm -hmm. and... That was kind of jarring for, especially for me, because I'm such a person who's like, oh, we're late if we're a minute behind or whatever. Um, Yeah, and then secondly, I, because I was a new student, I had just gotten all of these friendships all Mm -hmm. of a sudden that had really developed over the course of the year. And then to be gone from them for a month, even though that's a short time and now I'm back together with the majority of them, it's still, it was like really just kind of lonely in some ways because yeah. I just missed all these people. But like you said, you want to be present in the place because you love all the people that you're seeing in the other place too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it's just hard to find a balance between those two sides of you or those two places or those two groups of relationships. Mm-hmm. I've been here for longer than Maddie has and I I think that I feel so safe and stable which is great that I feel that here but also it's almost like a trap that I get stuck in this reliability of the place and I think that as much as hard as like the things that we've been mentioning are to go through I also think that they are so helpful and such a learning experience at Mm -hmm. least for me afterwards and like now that I'm back I can be like okay like I don't need to be so stuck in rhythm and I 
I survived and I'm back. And, <laughs> and we had all these great times yeah. while we were there too. And of course, know? FaceTiming, like we <laughs> FaceTimed each other was yeah. a super fun experience. Yeah. But this whole, both like the transition side of it and the physical, like just travel part of it has become so ingrained in me that that's almost a routine in itself. Right? True, yeah. So I love routine and it feels very comfortable for me to board the plane and take off and go through customs and I almost get frustrated when people don't know what they're doing in the airport because I'm like a teenager and I have gone through I mean obviously I've gone through whatever security multiple times but I'm kind of like okay if I can do this you can too let's (laughs) we can get through this together (laughs) uh but that just that it's a part of me now you know just yeah totally the travel and even though it's not easy, I do know how to deal with transition, which, like you said, is a huge learning experience that I don't think, mm-hmm. I think many people later deal with going to college or going abroad for the first time or mm-hmm. moving even. It's the I've same heard, thing. I've heard a lot of people who live in cross-cultural situations or like in a country that they didn't grow up in, especially people who do so much moving or back and forth and traveling like we do talk about how they're just in a constant stage of transition Mm -hmm. you're getting ready for the transition that you're about to go through you're going through the transition you're coming Mm -hmm. out of the transition which in itself is a transition and I feel like it's also good to see like yeah this is one part of transition and I think that it it's just such an overarching theme in travel especially semi-permanent travel like long term we also my family and I I mean, yeah, obviously we travel a lot. We've gotten used to it. But we always marvel at people who do international flights on a weekly basis. Especially, like, business people and other, like, jobs that require that. I don't understand how people do it. We barely... We do it once a year, maybe. And we barely make it through an international flight. I don't... So, more power to you if you fly like that. Yeah. That's a... A huge blessing that comes with travel and that we do not take for granted, and I still marvel every time I get the opportunity, is to visit new and cool places globally. Yeah, so even though travel is such an annoying thing to deal with sometimes, Mm -hmm. it gives us uh, and our families the opportunity to go to places that without the travel and the transition, we would never have the opportunity to go to. So... Yeah, what are some of the places that have been your favorite to visit? Most recently, my family had a layover in France, which was so cool for me. It's kind of like a dream, and everyone else in my family has actually been able to spend a few hours, whether in the airport or, like, actually in the city. But we got to spend, like, our whole afternoon just in the city, and that was one of the coolest experiences. I did spend all day searching for macaroons or macarons and (laughs) I um only found one in the airport at the end which was a total tourism trap but I enjoyed them yeah I think my favorite place that I've been able to go we haven't done as many like long layovers as your family has but my family and I got the opportunity to go to Greece a few years ago it was a beautiful country um, highly recommend it. It was um, gorgeous just being able to see all these cool places of history mm-hmm. and uh, especially with, from my faith, a biblical history 
So we went to like Corinth and um, Athens and then a few islands around. And it was just really cool like just see these places that we've read about or seen in other even not biblical things just yeah. in literature to be like oh people actually like stood here and lived here and like I think seeing it in real life kind of tied it in for me just to make it more deep or realistic or yeah I think striking uh I know other people who have been to Greece and I always heard that it brings a more like personal connection to the letters yeah. of Paul that are written yeah. about places, a lot of them in Greece, or not not a lot, but like quite a few of them. And just, I think that that's such a cool, I don't know, like yeah. cool is like the only word I can think yeah. to describe it, but like such an amazing and honoring thing to be able to do. But we definitely don't want to say, like come across as, well, like this is all the cool places we've been able to go because that's, like, we don't take it for granted. Like, like I think, like you said, um, it's kind of, I guess, a bonus? I, that sounds very, yeah. like... But, yeah, it's a really great honor to be able to visit all these Absolutely. amazing places. Yeah, Where's, just, to, just to reiterate what you were saying, like, we don't just... Like, as much as we do travel, it's not like we're always taking vacations <laughs> in yeah. Europe or in just hopping around beautiful and... <laughs> places. A lot of, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of not so clean or so nice airports yeah. or traveling situations that have had horrible layovers and missed flights and things like that. So stressful. <laughs> I think it's easy to talk about the like social media worth moments yeah but we're we just want to say we are aware <laughs> that traveling is not always the Instagram post about it so also on that I find it interesting being a pretty uh experienced traveler how people tend to travel in very fancy outfits because I do not understand that you should see me when we travel I'm in a hoodie and sweatpants like <laughs> I well, in our last flight back, I was really tired, and I fell asleep in the airport between two seats, <laughs> like, literally just on two seats, and I probably looked like such a, I don't know, just a sad, tired traveler with my, like, scrappy sweatpants that I was wearing. <laughs> like airport hobos who yeah. trying to live inside or something. Yeah, but definitely travel in <laughs> sweatpants. Yes. Pro tip from <laughs> people who travel a lot. Like, I understand if it's for your job, and then, yeah. like, obviously, yeah. abide by the rules and that they ask you to. And if you want to, of course, please feel free. I just don't understand the appeal of walking around for 18 hours in high heels. Like, or, like, security, when people wear, like, super high lace-up something, or, mm -hmm. like, I don't understand that. Make it easy. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, so, because we've traveled a lot, we kind of have our travel essentials in a way, the things we can't go without and in the routine of travel and transition that we've gotten used to bringing with us everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we thought it'd be a fun idea to kind of share <laughs> our travel essentials with um, our listeners in because, yeah, maybe if some of you are taking a trip soon, it could be helpful to remember to pack these things. Or listening to this on an airplane or while yeah, you're packing. For sure. See if you have some of the same things. I think that would be so cool. And yeah. yeah. So I can just share a few. I think that we have a few things in common, obviously. For sure. Because for sure. Our phones. <laughs> yes. 
and headphones. Oh my word. I can't go a flight without listening to music or podcasts or audiobooks or just sitting there with my headphones on so I don't have to hear people talking. (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is in airports... Like, once we're waiting at a gate, you know, after I, I often, like, will get a snack or a drink beforehand, mm-hmm. if we have time, of course. And I love to go through my podcast library and just download episodes or ones that I want to listen to. Or sometimes when I know I'm traveling or I'm going to have a long, like, day flight where I want to stay awake. Or even, like, car rides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to be like, oh, this is what I want to listen to and make <laughs> sure that I have everything downloaded and I will be up to date. Yeah. Another thing for me is... I this sounds I always feel like this is kind of geeky, but I travel with my sleeping mask <laughs> that I love, and I feel like it's a good way to signal to like flight attendants and stuff as well, and people around you if you actually want to sleep instead of just like trying to sleep. I don't yeah, know. I just curl up against the window. <laughs> I don't know. See, I like to sit in middle seats or aisle. That's another good question. Oh yeah, where do you, which seat do you like? I prefer well. If it's on an international flight, my dream seat is the one in the middle where there's no other people around you, so you can take the whole four seats and fall asleep. But (laughs) unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. So window, because I like to lean against the wall and then fall asleep. Nice. I'm definitely an aisle person. Yeah. I think it was... I hate it. (laughs) I don't like the aisle. There's nowhere to lean on, and then you end up like falling into the aisle and getting hit by the carts as they go by. (laughs) Also, fun fact, I really like sitting next to strangers on airplanes, which I could think be... you're the only person who enjoys that, Eden, <laughs> except maybe for maybe the stranger that sits next to you, but... <laughs> I think it's probably, like, some of the extrovertedness of me, but I like, like, asking people questions, and I've had, I learned how to play Sudoku from a elderly British gentleman who I sat next to on one of my very first international flights. That is amazing. And I think maybe because of that good experience at the beginning of my traveling career, (laughs) I have really liked that. But continuing on on our list, what are some other things that are essentials for you? Um, So like you said, we download podcasts a lot or music for me, but I also download a lot of books. So generally I just like take out like 10 from my online library, download them all onto my Kindle or my phone, and then end up going through about three of them (laughs) over the (laughs) course of the flights. Uh, Because if I'm not sleeping, I'm either watching one of the in-flight movies or reading. And so that's something that I always have to have. And then also, kind of, I think we should kind of share this, I always have my water bottle with me because hydration is important and chapstick. Because yeah. I don't know what it is about flights. There's got to be something with it. It's the I think it's the air and like cabin pressure because they are like feeding you all this cold air. Which cold airplanes are so much better than hot airplanes. Very true. But I feel like there is a degree where it's too cold. <laughs> but maybe it's just me being or me being. No, African if you're girl. shivering while you're trying to fall asleep, that's probably not comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, like I with I think with the added air, I also have like lotion or moisturizer on mine because I love like well like at the end of a flight like putting like lavender or mint on my like lotion on my hand. You being all aesthetic, I just rub my chapstick on and keep walking. <laughs> I also oh my funny story um on our way back mm-hmm. over vacation. Um, in the summer, I brought a neon blue cl- clay 
face mask and okay. put it on for the last half an hour of my flight from <laughs> Europe to our home country. So, <laughs> so you're like, just sitting in the plane with a neon blue face mask yes. on? Yes. And it had no way to seal. It was like a one-time only thing. So I had to like fold it and try to put it in my makeup bag. That's a, that's glorious. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. along with that, so that's like for like maintaining our like hydration and make sure we don't <laughs> die. Something that I like to also bring is um, Frankenstein. Now Frankenstein is my pillow pet that I have oh. had for seven years and it is definitely a travel essential. Yeah, for sure. I have a little yellow duck pillow um, that I was gifted the Christmas before I did my first international flight. And he comes everywhere with me. And again, window seats. You put your duck pillow against the window and it's the most convenient thing. So I carry around a lot of, I have always have my stuffed animals or my pillows in my bag, mainly because it's something to fall asleep on. <laughs> yeah. But definitely pillows. I and often then, bring a blanket as well. Yeah. My, um, I just know people who like run this company and they have really good blankets that are thin and they almost have the effect of like cooling until mm-hmm. your like body heat warms it up, which is always really refreshing for me. So I like to bring something to keep me comfy. And then as kind of just my last essential, not really off of the pillows or blankets or whatever. I always have Tylenol and Advil with me, or I guess I should say my mom always has Tylenol and Advil with (laughs) us, but I consider that an essential because I'm always sore or I have a headache or I'm tired. And honestly, just taking a Tylenol before you get on a flight, especially a long flight where you know you're probably going to have your knees cramped and your head in an awkward position That's why sleeping. You should sit in the aisle so your legs don't get cramped. <laughs> yeah, but then I end up tripping people because I'm the most awkward person. <laughs> but, but yes. Yes. So Tylenol and Advil and generally nausea medicine are pretty essential for us mm-hmm. when On that, do you find that you get sick a lot on planes? Or like do you get motion I... sick? Can I get sicker on the? I think most people do get sicker on the um, takeoff and the landing. Mm-hmm. Generally, I just try to zone out. I think less than getting um, motion sick, I get kind of like dizzy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's not really motion sick, I just get kind of lightheaded and um, a little like anxious and nervous generally. But um, my mom struggles with motion sickness a lot. I don't mm. personally as much. Do you? I don't usually. I mean, I have gotten sick on planes, especially if there's more, like, turbulence. Mm-hmm. But I also think, like, I do get more scared when there's turbulence, and yeah. then it, like, makes me feel kind of sick. Agreed. Something that I found helps my, like, me to not get nauseous is having something in my stomach. I think that when I have an empty stomach hmm. or I'm hungry, I feel more nauseous. And I've experienced this also in car rides. So another essential for me is to have a snack. I often will bring just like nuts or a protein bar or something. I, yeah, I don't, I generally just kind of eat what's on the plane. I feel like that's, isn't that like a stereotypical joke is to be like, so about that airplane food or something. (laughs) Isn't that a thing? Maybe. I mean, people talk about airplane food all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, airplane food. Yeah. In my personal experience, Africa, which we travel through a lot, struggles with making good airplane food. That's funny. It's a (laughs) cultural experience. I was just going to say, 
I've actually, people always hype up airplane food to be really bad. I've only had like one or two experiences where I couldn't eat it. I've always found it kind of just edible, though that maybe that I'm also like, whatever, 20,000 feet up in the air and like tired as You're heck. also <laughs> not a very picky eater, I feel like. That's true. I'm not very picky at all. I, do, I mean, I have had good airplane food and I've had some less good airplane food. I often don't like breakfasts on airplanes. Agreed. Or like, snacks. If they give yogurt, I feel like Europe does unsweetened yogurt almost always, like plain yogurt, which makes me feel kind of sick. Like, I, I actually enjoy plain yogurt, mm-hmm. but I usually put something with it, like granola, mm-hmm. and it, just having it plain. And also, like, cupped orange juice <laughs> is not my favorite. The only time that I have literally not been able to eat airplane food and found it disgusting was... um. In the middle of an international flight when I had a tomato stuffed sausages. <laughs> that's a... Let that sink in. Tomato um, stuffed, like not... Tomato sauced stuffed sausages. So like a sausage with tomato sauce in the center. Yes. Enough said about that. <laughs> like I was in the... I was so tired when I saw this and I was like, I can't eat that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think I mentioned this previous or earlier... But I'm vegetarian, and yeah, you can you actually, you can request vegetarian meals. And I've only been vegetarian for a year, but um, we've traveled a lot in the past year, actually. And my dad is always like, oh, I can, you know, when I book mm-hmm. our flights, I can check off that you're vegetarian. And I always say, like, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. And then when we're on the flight, I swear, every one of our flights this vacation, he was like, oh, I forgot. But they've always had... <laughs> something so thank you dad for trying to get me vegetarian meals it is appreciated and i'm glad that they've always had something he also was really sweet and let me like i ate half the meal and he ate half the meal like i ate the mashed potatoes or something yeah i feel like if airplane food is a good joke then that's a good place to kind of wrap up our episode with yeah so travel it's fun and not fun at the same time but, yeah. Yeah, I think we've had a busy two months full of lots of things. And we're excited to be back. Yeah. Definitely. We're going to try to start being more regular. But, again, things come up. And we've started trying to preference relationships and our schoolwork over the podcast. So, if, again, we disappear, hopefully not for a month and a half next time. But if yes. we do disappear again, chances are it's because... We're probably traveling. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And if you want to stay updated with us, you can follow our social media on Instagram. We're just both sides of the bunk bed. And if we miss an episode, you'll most likely hear about it on there first. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, leave a review and share it. We're a small show, and things like that really help us. If you want updates, feel free to subscribe or follow us on Instagram at Both Sides of the Bunk Bed. We hope you join us next time, but for now, that's all for Both Sides of the Bunk Bed.